Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. We are presented by The Grid. I am Bryson Carver, as always. We've got a loaded show on tap for you guys tonight. A lot of Cowboys-Eagles talk, but we're going to have some uh, NBA mixed in there. John Morant made some interesting comments that I thought uh, said a lot about him, where the Grizzlies are at. Mentally as a team, certainly uh, no question a title contender coming out of the Western Conference. Uh, I don't think it would necessarily surprise a whole lot of people if they were to win the championship. Uh, but I'll talk about what he said later on the show. Also, um, <laughs> some real hypocrisy coming from a head coach attacking one of college football's top quarterbacks. And, and it, it speaks to a problem that some coaches are just going to have to flat out wrap their arms around and stop being so darn rigid on this issue. I'll talk about that later in the show. And at the end of today's show, very, very big matchup to start week 16 in the NFL season. We're in the last three weeks of the regular season. It's crazy. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it is the New York Jets. For the Jets, this is kind of a do-or-die situation. Because they lose tonight, then they're out of the playoffs by two games with two games to play. So they, they're going to really need stuff you know, to go their way. They don't control their own destiny, but... A win tonight, albeit with Zach Wilson under center, would go a long, long way in helping their cause. But I wanted to start with what's been, I think, the biggest story in the NFL this week, and that's been Jalen Hurts' injury. Uh, obviously, for those of you who don't know, Jalen Hurts is going to be out for this Saturday's game against the Dallas Cowboys uh, due to a a left, or sorry, right shoulder injury. It's his throwing uh, shoulder. And uh, according to multiple sources, this looks to possibly end his regular season. Like this, this looks to be serious enough to where he's not going to play the rest of the regular season. They think he'll be ready to go in the postseason. Uh, first of all, if this injury is going to happen, which obviously you know you, you never ever hope for injuries, especially to to the game's best players. Uh, if this were ever going to happen though in the season for the Philadelphia Eagles, now's the time to have it happen because you're 13 and one. And the beauty for the Eagles is this: not only you're 13 and one, not only do you need to win just one game out of your next three to win the NFC East. But you just got to win one game out of your next three 
to clinch the top overall seed in the NFC, which we all know is oh so valuable because due to this new playoff format, now only the one seed gets a first round by back. You, you know, a few years ago, the one and two seed got a buy. Now it's just the one seed. So it's, you know, highly coveted. Philadelphia is, is, is in all likelihood going to get it. But I don't think that there's a team in the NFL. When you think about all the teams that we we think are, are title contenders out in the AFC and in the NFC, in this case with Philadelphia, I don't think there is a team more prepared to just survive without their starting quarterback, or at least we talk about the teams that have elite quarterbacks. No team is set up better to survive without their guy than Philadelphia because of who their backup is, Gardner Minshew. You know, we talk about Gardner Minshew, and a lot of it is the Minshew media. Remember, he came on the scene in 2019, his rookie year, played pretty well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then in 2020, was part of the reason that Trevor Lawrence is a Jag because the Jaguars had the worst record in the NFL that season. Got traded to Philly last year, started a couple of games. Uh, I'm sorry, started one game against the Jets and then uh, started the. Uh, I'm sorry, start, no, start two games, played against the Jets and then played against the Cowboys in a game that pretty much meant nothing for Philly. But you're talking about a guy in Gardner Minshew. I've always said this about Gardner. He's, I've always said, if you had to give me the choice today between Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield, give me Minshew. He's more accurate. He moves better in the pocket. He's, his arm isn't going to blow you away, but it's better than Baker's. It's better than a lot of backups in the NFL. And this is a guy who, is top, since he came into the league, is top five in the NFL in touchdown to interception ratio. 41 touchdowns, 12 picks. And so, yes, you talk about an Eagles offense that is completely built around Jalen Hurts, right? It's, it's, the, from the receivers to the tight ends, Dallas Goddard, one of the best tight ends in football, looks like he's going to be back this week for Philly, so that's a big boost for them. Um, but you have a situation where, Yes, the offense is built around Jalen Hurts, but you still have a ton of playmakers out there. A.J. Brown is pushing to be a top five receiver in the NFL. I think it's fair to say. Devontae Smith is one of the best number twos in the NFL. Quez Watkins, not enough enough people talk about Quez Watkins as a three in his role, but as one of the best deep ball guys in the NFL. Okay, Guy can break a 60-yard touchdown on you in the blink of an eye. Dallas Goddard, deep threat, Great blocker, is a great security blanket for any quarterback, whether it be Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, or anybody else. You've got Miles Sanders, who's had a great year, and you've got, to me, without question, the best offensive line in the NFL, that being the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. And so, and by the way, defensively, you've got not just one elite corner, you've got two elite corners. Darius Slay, James Bradbury. The Eagles' front seven is... Probably the second best in the NFL to the San Francisco 49ers. But their front four is no joke. Okay? So, you talk about a guy in Gardner Minshew. Backup quarterback, yes. We've seen a lot of teams this year win with their backups. Cowboys win with their backups. Heck, the Niners are winning with their third string. That's how good the Niners roster is. Brock Purdy was the third string quarterback on opening day. They haven't missed a beat. Now, some of that could be because Brock Purdy, the gap between him and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance isn't massive, but he's still the third-string quarterback. We've seen the Ravens win a lot of games with their backup quarterback and Tyler Huntley this year. Okay, Jacoby Brissett was at least competitive for the Cleveland Browns before Deshaun Watson came back. 
There's plenty of backups in the NFL that's won this year. If there's any team outside of the Niners that can win with their backup, it's Philadelphia. I mean, think about Kansas City. I don't know Kansas City's backup is. Is it still Chad Henney? I'm not sure who their backup is. The gap between him and Mahomes is astronomical. The gap between whoever Joe Burrow's backup is and him, huge. The gap between, you know, Josh Allen's back. Case Keenum, Josh Allen's not even close. Now, I'm not sitting up here and saying the gap between Hurts and Gardner Minshew isn't sizable, because it is. But we could make a case Gardner Minshew's probably the best backup in football. And so, second year in a system he is totally used to, with a running game to support him, with some of the best collection of skill position players in football, with one of one of the three or four best defenses in football. By the way, Eagles special teams is really good too. Eagles, after all, did lead the NFL in pro bowlers. So when we talk about backups that are in position to succeed, I, I don't I don't think anybody's in a better position to succeed than Gardner Minshew is. Now, what I don't want to happen. Because Dallas is a big favorite in this game. I think as it stands right now, they've is it minus six? No, oh gosh, no. It's it's gone down to minus four and a half. So it's kind of fluctuated throughout the week in large part because of the injury to Jalen Hurts. But if Philadelphia goes into Dallas, wins this game, they wrap up the East, they wrap up the number one seed in the conference. What I really hope doesn't happen. Because I you know the media works. The media is whoop, whoop, up and down. They they, they they go as the, as, as the story goes. They're just up and down. We know that works. What I don't want to happen is for Gardner Minshew to play well, for the Eagles to win, and it to be, that's why Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP. Listen, folks, I have been consistent for the last month. I think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. I think he's been asked to do more with less than what Jalen Hurts is doing. Sort of the deciding factor for me has been, A, he plays him a tougher conference. That's that's inarguable. And B, uh, he lost Tyreek Hill. Jalen got A.J. Brown. So one lost a top five receiver, another gained one. That's not to take credit away from Jalen Hurts because at some point you you got to make it happen with, with what you got. But I think Mahomes, and by the way, Mahomes is first in yards, first in touchdowns, top five in QBR. I mean, he's been outstanding. Now, I wouldn't have an issue if Jalen won the award, but I don't want, if Jalen Hurts misses the last three games of the season, which by the way, if the Eagles win this game, then their last two games will literally mean nothing because they'll have clinched the number one seed. They'll have clinched the division. Their last two games literally mean nothing. There'll be a lot of backups playing in those games. He'll have missed three games this season. But I don't want this one, this game to be, that's why he's not the MVP. Because the guy's been too good. The guy's been too valuable and too important to this Eagles squad getting them to this point. I mean, I'm sorry. Gardner Minshew is not 13 and one. Sorry, sorry for those of you that are still doubters on Jalen Hurts. And by the way, I was one of them coming into this year. But Gardner Minshew is not 13 and one, even as good as this roster is. He's not. I mean, even Jimmy Garoppolo with that stack nine in his roster lost some games, lost to Russell Wilson, got smoked by the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, it happens. We could talk about the Eagles' week schedule all we want, but these are NFL players. We've seen like, some crazy upsets this year, even crazy near upsets. Yeah, the, the Vikings were down 33 to nothing to a team coached by Jeff Saturday. It's the NFL, any given Sunday. And so we got to give credit where credit's due. Listen, I, I'm no longer a Cowboys fan. Doesn't mean I like the Eagles. 
I, I still, they're still my least favorite team in the NFL. But credit where it's due. I just don't want this to be the reason that Jalen loses the MVP. That because they won a single game versus a eh, team in the Dallas Cowboys, oh, okay, he, he's not that guy. Like, mm, I don't know about that. I still think if, if I if I had a vote for MVP, I'd still vote Mahomes. And Jalen Hurts would be my number two. probably, And then I'd say J- uh, Joe Burrow would be my number three. But when we talk value, you guys know I am obsessed with the word valuable. When we talk about MVP, not many guys more valuable than Jalen Hurts. You can talk about the roster all you want, but do we actually, can we honestly sit here and have a conversation and say Gardner Minshew would be 13-1 today if he were the Eagles starter all season long? And I like Gardner. I think he's maybe the best backup in football. But no, that is not the case. So, but it, it makes, obviously, the Eagles winning on Sunday and the Cowboys losing on Sunday and this not being a game that really decides the NFC East like we thought it could because in order to win the NFC East, Dallas would have to win out and Philly would have to lose out. That's not going to happen. Even if the Cowboys win on, on Saturday, that that's that's not going to, it's not realistic. Uh, Eagles are too good to lose three in a row. And so, yes, it's, ta- it's, it's gotten a little bit of the... Uh, the muster, I guess, taken out of this game. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, folks. This is still a, a massive game in the NFL season. By the way, it's one of the only NFL games this weekend that weather isn't going to be a factor because it's obviously played indoors at Jerry World. Some of these other games, I mean, Bills-Bears going to be crazy cold. Texans-Titans, I mean, I live here in Tennessee. It is, it is. I don't live near Nashville, but it is going to be cold this weekend, really all around the country. So... If you want the prettiest football, then Eagles-Cowboys is probably your game. Because, you know, there's going to be a lot of factors to play into it. Uh, weather is is not one of them. Uh, but it, it is definitely... I don't know if it's going to be the highest rated game in NFL history like some have projected it could be. But it is... Uh, there, there's no question that, uh, that, it, that it's, it's, it's going to be a must-watch game. Uh, by the way... I want to shift to, to college football for for a moment because college football playoff is, gosh, it's a week from now. It's a week from Saturday. Two, two interesting games. And bowl season has started, and obviously the bowl games will get better as, as time goes. Uh, my balls actually take on a Clemson next Friday, I think it is. Next Thursday, Friday, something like that. Or thir- Friday, I think it is, in the Orange Bowl. Go balls. But... There was a story that came out a couple of days ago that just made me roll my eyes. Just made me want to, it kind of made me laugh, in all honesty. So, there's a quarterback, he plays for the University of North Carolina. His name is Drake May. Um, He is one of the great talents that we have in college football. Drake May for North Carolina. If you don't know who he is, you'll you'll find out who he is in the next few years. I mean, put up unbelievable numbers this year. Is a great athlete. I mean, this year finished third in passing yards in college football, fifth in touchdown passes, and top ten in QBR. I mean, he had an average QBR of eighty three. Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL. Now, I get the NFL is tougher than college. I understand that, but Patrick Mahomes is the leader in the in QBR in the NFL with seventy nine zero to one hundred. Drake May is 10th. He's got an 82 QBR. And you look at some of the points that North Carolina put up, it was unbelievable. 
uh, John, John, John uh, says Merry Christmas. He's got the Christmas tree. Merry Christmas, John, John. Ha- Merry Christmas. Happy holidays uh, to everybody out there. But uh, a story came out, and it was just a rumor about Drake May that said that he had been offered $5 million in NIL money by two schools in the SEC. We can guess who they were. Georgia or Alabama or uh, Tennessee, LSU. I don't know. Uh, that's that's just up for us to guess. Just a rumor. May not even be true. And that was just too much for Pat Narduzzi. Uh, he, he was talking about Drake May. Pat Narduzzi is the head coach at Pitt. And he said uh, he was, quote, told the number was even higher than $5 million. And said, quote, I've heard it and I know the schools. It absolutely shocked me. It's not good what's going on in so many ways. <laughs> okay. So, rigidity is one of the biggest pet peeves I have with people. When they're so married to something that e- even when that specific something is not helping them at all, they are still going to stay true to it. Why? Tradition's sake, I I don't know. It, it could be it could be whatever. And this whole thing with coaches flipping out about this nil money, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of the holier than thou mentality that we see a lot with the baseball Hall of Fame voting. Like this notion that this it's the gentleman's game and that you have to conduct yourself in a certain way. There is no sport in America dirtier than Major League Baseball, and it's not even close. The scandals that the NFL and the NBA and the NHL, MLS, whatever, college football cannot touch Major League Baseball. But still, the voters have this mentality. It's very similar in college football. That, and it's it's great that a coach said this because we hold kids. Drake May is 19, 20 years old. Maybe 18, I don't know. He's, he's a freshman. We hold kids to a higher standard than adults, than coaches who are grown men with careers, with families, etc. If a coach right in the middle of the season, by the way, two of them did this last year. And for the record, I don't have an issue with either. For, just want to put this on the record. I didn't have a problem with either coach doing this. But we had two high-profile coaches before their team's bowl game leave the program. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for LSU. Lincoln Riley left. Like the day after Oklahoma lost the uh, 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 bedlam to Oklahoma State, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma to go to USC. Outside of those two particular towns, people didn't bat an eye. It, it, it was it was like back page news. Not not that they not that you know they left and went to these particular destinations, but just the outrage was like back page news. No nobody was discussing it. But if God forbid Bryce Young is a millionaire before he plays a college football game, oh cue the outrage. Yeah, Bryce Young's also going to be the number one pick in this year's draft. Bryce Young also just so happened to win the Heisman Trophy. Drake May just so happens to be one of the 10 best quarterbacks. Maybe you can even shorten that group in college football. 
And if you notice the programs that are embracing NIL, Alabama, Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, North Carolina, pretty successful. The programs that don't, Pittsburgh being one of them. Pittsburgh, by the way, is a is a good college football school. They were projected to have an excellent season. They were eight and four. They were kind of average. When you don't adjust, it's kind of like the one and done thing in college basketball. When some of these coaches refuse to to embrace the one and done culture, how often do their teams make it to March? Not often. How many national championships those coaches win? Not many compared to the coaches that did. So we can hold to certain traditions. Listen, traditions have their place. There's nothing wrong with them. But when we get to a point where we are actually angered that a college athlete is making money in just about every other industry, Exceeding sports, you are you are paid for whatever your production is. Drake May is one of the best college quarterbacks in the country. So is Caleb Williams, Hendon Hooker, Cam Rising at USC. I think is really good. You think about guys like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. You know these 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 guys are are really good. Should be paid, and I've always. Yeah, to use a Gen Z term, I try not to let things trigger me. Again, to use a Gen Z uh, word. But this one does. That people are so outraged. It genuinely bothers them. It actually makes them mad. The college athletes are getting just a little piece of the pie. But when coaches sign these like 10-year deals and have proven Nothing. We'll bat an eye. Don't bat an eye. And that's why, it's one of the reasons I think Nick Saban's the greatest college coach of all time. Yes, he got the national championships, the SEC championships, but Alabama's dynasty could have ended a whole lot earlier if Nick Saban didn't adjust to two things. One was recent NIL, but the other was, man, you can't win anymore unless you have an elite quarterback. Like, you you can't. So what did he do? He went and got Jalen Hurts. Then he got Tua Tagovailoa. Then he got Mac Jones. Then he got Bryce Young. How's that worked out for him? Jalen Hurts got him to a national title game. Tua won a national title game and got to another. Mac Jones won a national title game. Bryce Young won the Heisman and got to a national title game. Up to that point, Nick Saban's quarterbacks is a lot of A.J. McCarrens and Jake Cokers and uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Is with ESPN. His, his name is escaping my mind now. Like, guys who did nothing in the NFL. Adjusting, transitioning to whatever the the landscape of the business or what the sport is. If you do that, you're going to be successful. If you were, if you were good beforehand, you'll be good after as long as you transition. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so I just, I get a kick out of how much it genuinely bothers not just some, uh, you know, boosters and whatnot, but coaches. And if nothing else, also, if if I'm a high school recruit and, you know, th- there, there's a, a program that's that's interested in me that, you know, is, is anti-NIL, why would I go there? If the coach is making five, six million a year, but is mad at me getting half a million, I don't want to play for that guy. And, and there's also something to the notion that, oh, all the athletes make millions of dollars. No, you are paid based on what your production is. Now, obviously, quarterbacks and wide receivers are going to get paid more because they're the you know the stars of a team. You, you buy their jerseys and whatnot. But if Bryce Young was eh, not that good, I promise you he would not be making the money he's making. Caleb Williams wouldn't. Hendon Hooker wouldn't. Drake May wouldn't. I just don't get why it is so, seems to be controversial to say, hey, when when these literally kids are putting their bodies on the line, the most dangerous sport out there, the most dangerous team sport at least out there, putting their bodies on the line every single play, not knowing if it very well could be their last play that they ever play in the sport that they love, while simultaneously pulling in Millions upon millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars. The TV networks, the tickets, merchandise, everything. I can't have just a little slice of the pie. I mean, after all, I am kind of the product that everybody's watching. I love Nick Saban. He's the greatest coach of all time, but nobody's tuning into Alabama games just to watch Nick Saban pace the sidelines. So it's, 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 it's gotten to a point where if you don't embrace it, you're not going to be successful. It's as simple as that. And it's a message to be sent. I mean, by the way, uh, Deion Sanders at Jackson State embraced it. He's embracing it now at Colorado. Are you about winning, being successful, helping kids get to the NFL, or even if they don't get to the NFL, helping them excel in whatever that they, they choose to do? Or are you about... Having a holding to your certain moral compass in terms of something that doesn't even impact you or hurt you. You know, Kirby Smart's not losing any money because uh, Stetson Bennett or any of the defensive linemen get paid. He's not, yeah, he ain't losing money. Hey, it's not, it's not, it's not hurting Kirby Smart's wallet. I just love the fact that it's, it's, it's so, it bothers some of these people so much. But, Listen, I, I look to each their own. I understand that, but it, it's it's the hypocrisy is is incredible. It, it really is. So, and, and and the thing about it too. Last point to go back to my original point. We don't even know if this is true. We don't even know if Drake May was offered five million dollars to go play for an SEC school. By the way, and the SEC has some really good quarterbacks, but outside of Alabama. Tennessee, I mean, I can't think of anybody else in the conference that has Kentucky maybe because Will Levis was working with nothing over there. 
outside of those three, is there any of the other, what is it, 11 SEC schools that would take, wouldn't take Drake May over their guy that they have now? I love hypocrisy. It's incredible. And John uh, Rivera says, uh, oh, it's true. They're giving out money. Now, no, no it's, it's, it's probably true. But again, it's not been... It's not been like confirmed by 24-7 or Max Preps or CBS Sports or whoever, ESPN. Um, but it's it, my point, though, is that it's incredible that we get this worked up over a rumor. I mean, by the way, uh, the, Pat Narduzzi isn't – this doesn't impact him. This isn't even his quarterback. You know, again, it's, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, I, I really – I genuinely get a kick out of it, how much it truly bothers some people. And, and those people that are in certain positions of power, like coaches, like ads, it's, it's gonna it's gonna hurt them in the future. You got you gotta pay the athletes. You got to. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Especially for the money they bring to the, to the programs. So I want to shift back to the NFL for a second. I promise this is the last Eagles Cowboys topic of the day. I promise. But wanted to shift to the Cowboys side of things, because this is a really fascinating game for them. So, you know, the lines went up and down. Initially, they were favored minus one, one and a half. Then once the Jalen Hurts news came out, it like skyrocketed all the way to six. If it stays at six, I am all over that line. You know, again, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a bet man. Again, I, I've got the segment uh, every week on Friday, which, by the way, is flunking right now. But what are a betting man? You know, if I were a betting man, Philly plus six is the bet of the week. Okay, that's you, you jump on that and you you take off with it. But it's gone up and down. It's around minus four to four and a half now. So for Dallas, this game isn't important in terms of competing for the division because Eagles are going to win the division. By the way, I forgot to bring up earlier, the Eagles got the Cowboys on Saturday. Then they got two home games against the Saints and Giants. Even without Jalen Hurts, they'll win both of those games. It's not like they're facing the Niners and the, you know, Chiefs. You know, it's, it's not like they're, they're having to deal with that. They're dealing with... Two playoff teams, Cowboys and Giants, and a team that, I mean, technically the Saints are still alive to make the playoffs, but even if they get it, they're going to be one and done immediately because they have a losing record. Point being, it's a fascinating game for Dallas because they win one more game, then they're pretty much locked in as the fifth fifth seed because they they got a two-and-a-half game advantage with three games to go over the New York Giants. You know, Tampa Bay's getting, probably going to the fourth seed, assuming they win the NFC South. So there's a lot of question marks, right? And what I've loved about this week, and I talked about this on Monday, and it's only gotten worse throughout this week, is the constant criticism of Dak Prescott. And not just his play this season, his play on Sunday. Now, may I remind you, he completed over 70% of his passes on Sunday. He had not one, not two, but three touchdown passes, including two to Noah Brown and one to Peyton Hendershot. He also had a pass rating over 100, and he had a better QBR than Trevor Lawrence, who played amazing for the Jags. Had a better QBR, uh, 72 to 60. 
Dak Prescott won the QBR battle and scored 34 points and spotted his defense, which I've been lectured is one of the best in the NFL, a 17-point second-half lead. But you know how it goes. It's Dak's fault. So a lot of folks criticized the interception, the last interception. The first one, that's that's on Dak. Like, he overshot. I get his arm got hit, and I, that certainly played factor. But Dak overshot uh, uh, Dalton Schultz. It's not a throw that he needs to be making. But the second one, again, I've you guys have seen the play at this point. Dak sees the pressure coming to the right. So naturally, he moves to the left. CeeDee Lamb is covered like a blanket. So is Dalton Schultz. Neither are even in the vicinity of being open, which that's going to be important for a point I'm going to make later on the segment. Noah Brown was wide open. Noah Brown had the edge. It was a simple mesh play. Dak threw it right into Noah Brown's hands, caromed off of his, his, uh, his chest into the hands of Jenkins, who returned it, of course, for the walk-off touchdown at the end of the game. But this notion all week long that even though the defense you know, gave up half a thousand yards, even though the defense gave up 34 points, even though the defense had one sack, even though Mike McCarthy situationally left a lot to be desired again, we are most worried about the quarterback. So, I've talked about all season, though, Dak doesn't have help and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've been saying this since before the first game was played this 2022 NFL season. Been saying this, you know, since, like, the summer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But now I have actual data to back it up. Film, yes. But data as well. So before we get into the lack of help that Rain Dakota Prescott has, let's talk about everybody's talking about the interceptions and this, that. He's, he's not accurate, which... Is not true, but all the criticism has come from every which way. Let's present to you, not my opinion. This is not not my opinion. Facts. Here you go. I'll read it off for the podcast audience. This season, red zone completion percentage, Dak Prescott ranks first. Clean pocket completion percentage, Dak Prescott, Prescott ranks third. Deep ball accuracy rating, Dak Prescott ranks fifth. Interceptions that were turnover worthy meaning that it, the, the interception was was worth being an interception because it was a mistake by the quarterback. Dak Prescott, last in the NFL. Scoring offense since week seven, which, by the way, for those of you who don't know, week seven is when Dak Prescott came back from his injury, from the thumb injury. Scoring offense since week seven, Cowboys are first. And third down offense since Dak Prescott's return, also first. This is, of course, according to Pro Football Focus, which, you know, what do they know? They literally sit down and watch film all day, all night. And there's this notion that, well, Dak Prescott has the seventh most pro bowlers in the NFL. Right? The Cowboys are second to the Philadelphia Eagles in pro bowlers. First of all, majority of those are on the defensive side. 
guys like Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs and company. One of his pro ballers is an offensive lineman, Zach Martin, who is his only good offensive lineman, which I'll discuss in a second. One of them is a running back, Tony Pollard, for who, for as good as he is. Tony Pollard's had a great season. Doesn't catch a lot of passes. He is a receiving back, but he's not a wide receiver. Dak's not throwing him passes. Unless he's Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to get a ton of, of targets, right? And the other is CeeDee Lamb, which I think is debatable whether CeeDee Lamb should be a pro bowler. It's, I don't love it, but anyways. But I've been talking about how Dak has a bad, not below average, bad receiving core. I'll prove it to you. Here's the graphic. Where Cowboys receivers rank in yards of separation. This is according to NFL Next Gen Stats. They tracked 118 players who have had at least 38 targets this season. 118 players. Dak's best receiver, CeeDee Lamb, out of 118 receivers, ranks 60th in yards of separation. That's his number one. That's his best receiver. Dalton Schultz is tied in, who's a security blanket, not even a deep threat, is 70th in yards of separation. Michael Gallup, who's supposed to be Dak's number two guy, ranks 103rd. And Noah Brown, who, of course, dropped the touchdown, or dro dropped the pass that got returned for a pick six. Out of 118 players, Noah Brown, 108th. The Cowboys, as a receiving unit, are last in the NFL in yards of separation. Another stat I forgot to bring up, Dak Prescott is also top five in tight window throws. Why is that? Well, A, he can, and B, he has to. Again, I'll, I'll put this right back up here. Lamb is 60th in yards of separation. Schultz is 70th. Gallup is 103rd. Brown is 108th. Not to mention that Dak's offensive line, who you know people have, have, have raved about, is one of the best offensive lines of football. They are the last-ranked offensive line in the National Football League in pass-block-win rating. Last. So, when we talk about actually watching the games, and there's been this huge narrative about how Dak's costing his team with picks and this and that, when, again, the numbers show that he's last in the NFL in turnover-worthy plays that were interceptions. A lot of them have been off the hands of Noah Brown. I can think of two instances that that was the case. A lot of it has been because CeeDee Lamb ran the incorrect route. So we can create narratives as much as we wish. But when we talk about what's actually happening on the field, can we at least bring some level of objectivity? Yeah, I was watching... Uh, one of my idols in sports media is, is Colin Coward. I think he is one of the best in the business. And he has this guy on his show every week named uh, Greg Cosell. For those of you that don't know who he is, he is, first of all, he's Howard Cosell's son, the legendary broadcaster. And, you know, he's 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 the head of NFL Films. I don't know if he's the head of NFL Films. He's got a high-ranking position at, at NFL Films. And his job, literally his job, he gets paid to do this, is to watch film. And then he'll come on shows like Colin Cowherd's or ESPN or anywhere else and talk about what he sees on the film. This guy's been doing this for decades. He's one of the best. And he was asked about the Cowboys offense and Dak and the playmakers. And his point was, yeah, the Cowboys 
playmakers are not as good as the media gives them credit for. He said, CD Lamb, and I quote, he said, CD Lamb is their number one. I'm not sure if he's a number one or if he's one of those guys like a Devontae Adams, like a Stephon Diggs, like a Justin Jefferson or an AJ Brown. Not in that class. And he said, Michael Gallup, since returning from injury, has not been the same. Noah Brown is not a number three receiver, but he's their number three receiver. Dalton Schultz is a good tight end, but not going to blow your socks off with what you see on film. I mean, I've, I've been saying this since the summer. So it, it kind of felt good to hear a guy who literally watches tape for a living validate everything that I've ever said. And there was a report, I think it was, was it, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up his name, so I'm not going to say it. But there was somebody, was it Marcus Mosher was his name, who reported on Twitter that the notion within the Cowboys organization, before the season started, because they traded Amari Cooper, they, you know, lost Cedric Wilson, didn't, you know, go out and get a receiver at the top of the draft this year. They took a left tackle who's one of the most penalized players in, in the NFL. It was the most penalized player in college football at Tulsa. But the notion among the Cowboys front office was, let's see if Dak can carry us. First of all, pass that test. Led you to another playoff season, which you had not seen since George W. Bush was president. So Dak did that. Got you the playoffs again, which he's done over half the time he's been in Dallas, despite all the controversies, limited head coaches and limited rosters, and not to mention uh, the most vocal and meddling owner in the NFL. Jim Irsay's given him a run for his money, but it's still Jerry Jones, the king of that department. But my, my, my thing was, you got to be kidding me. They give Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Gabe Davis, and, and Dawson Knox, some of the best wide receivers in the league. They give Kyler Murray the big deal he got. DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. And before Kyler's injury, he was awful. When you talk about guys like, I don't know, a, a Tom Brady who's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. They give him Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage. And Tom's had arguably the worst season of his career. They gave Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup. Up until he got injured, he was having the worst season of his career. Dak Prescott is given CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, and Noah Brown. And he gets the Cowboys to double-digit wins and to the playoffs again. The numbers don't lie, and the eye in the sky don't lie, that being the film. And what's going to happen, by the way, is Dallas is probably going to lose to Philadelphia on Sunday. I, I, I don't usually preview my predictions before Friday. But I have a very good feeling that Philadelphia is going to win and probably win fairly convincingly. And number four is going to get the blame. Despite facing a great front seven with a bad offensive line and despite facing a great secondary with a bad receiving core. If Dak wins this game, I mean, come on. At that point, I don't know what more you can say. 
It's kind of like what Lamar Jackson has done for years in Baltimore. Look, they haven't they haven't gone so much as to give Lamar Jackson a number two receiver, much less a number one. I mean, Devin Duvernay is his number one receiver. Are you, he's a kick returner, and still Lamar's putting up the numbers he he he's he's been and was in the process of getting to the Ravens to the playoffs this year up until he got injured. So I rest my case once again. Now. I want to move on to the NBA for just a second because th there was something that happened recently that I thought was was really interesting uh, involving, without a question, one of the best players uh, in the sport. So, John Morant, you guys know who he is. He's the most athletic point guard, maybe the most athletic player in all of basketball. Okay, and Memphis has just as good of a chance as anybody uh, to win the Western Conference and, dare I say, to even win the NBA championship. But, uh... He was talking to Malika Andrews of ESPN. And by the way, John Morant's having a phenomenal season. He's averaging 27 a game, six assists. I'm sorry, six rebounds and eight assists. Like, he's, he's been great. He's been typical John Morant. But he was asked about who he sees in the way of the Grizzlies. Because the Grizzlies, like I said, are without question championship contenders. It was, and he was asked, who's in y'all's way? And he, uh, and he said, quote, he has his eye on the Celtics. Malik Andrews asked, no one in the West? John Morant's response, nah, I'm fine in the West. This is interesting. So, obviously, the East is better than the West. I'll give John Morant that. The, the Eastern Conference is kind of like the AFC and the NFC. Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. I mean, Brooklyn is probably the third or fourth best team. They look really good right now. But Boston and Milwaukee are clearly better than the Brooklyn Nets. They're better defensively. They're more efficient offensively. They're not as reliant on their number one player. Like, Milwaukee can win if Giannis isn't Superman. Same case with Jason Tatum and Boston. Brooklyn, they kind of need KD to be amazing in order to win. Win against good competition. But out in the West, John Moran is, is sneezing at a lot of teams. New Orleans has... Beaten Memphis this year with no Zion. New Orleans has veterans and has incredible young players. Willie Green is arguably the best young coach in the NBA. He's done a great job. Changed the culture in New Orleans. And who knows, maybe the Pelicans go out and make a, a move or two at the trade deadline. Not putting it past them. They got plenty of assets to do so. Keep in mind there are teams out there like the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic has done something that John Morant has not gotten to a Western Conference Finals. And by the way, in order to get there, beat a highly superior team in the second round, being the Phoenix Suns. Now, did the Phoenix Suns self-implode in some ways? Of course they did. It feels like they're self-imploding right now with the dynamic between the head coach, Monty Williams, and the big man, DeAndre Ayton. And you're going to laugh when I say this. It's okay. You have every right to. Golden State did just eliminate Memphis last year. You say, well, this is the same Golden State team. Bryson, they just they just lost to the Knicks by 38 and were down 40 at halftime to the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, they were. There's a few things to that. Number one, the defense cannot possibly be worse a couple months from now than it is right now. I don't, I don't know it could possibly be worse. Second of all, in a month, Steph Curry will be back. In less than that time span, Andrew Wiggins will be back. Keep in mind, Clay Thompson did not play last night. Dante DiVincenzo has been a great free agent pickup. 
is going to be back. According to reports, the Warriors are in the running to go get Alex Caruso. Oh my gosh, I mean, that's 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 basically an upgrade of what they had in Gary Payton last year. So get what are they getting? A defender, a perimeter defender. There's reports that could go to get a Jakob Pertle, who's a good defensive player uh, at the five spot. So just to assume that Memphis is just going to roll over Golden State, folks, they barely beat Golden State in the playing game without Clay in 2021. Right? That was when Draymond wasn't as much of a scorer as he is this year. Draymond's having, you know, a solid season, at least for by his standards, in terms of scoring. So for John Morant, it, 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 listen, it'd be one thing if John Morant was playing on a team that was as good as like the 2017 Warriors. I'd be like, okay, yeah, nobody in the West is touching us. Like we're we're focused. The Warriors were focused on Cleveland the whole time because San Antonio was the biggest threat. They weren't beating Golden State. Uh, they, they they barely struggled with Houston. And that was pre-CP3 Houston. Point being, for John Morant, a guy who, need I remind everybody, as great as John Morant is, he's won one playoff series. And a lot of that was Minnesota just kept shooting itself in the foot. Blew a lot of big leads in that series. So, I just think it's it's intellectually dishonest for John Morant to say, Hey, nobody in the West is touching us. New Orleans is very much in the way. You think about teams like, say, the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers are going to go as far as some people give them credit for, but still a very good team. Denver's a very good team. They're the number one seed right now. Jokic is playing great. The supporting cast around him is playing great. And make no mistake about it, folks. Golden State is going to be back. Whether y'all like it or not, as even, even as bad as it looks right now, Worst road record in basketball. It's an 82-game season. And keep in mind, there was a team that made the NBA Finals last year that got up to a rough start in the first two months. That's the Boston Celtics. Remember, Boston was, I mean, just barely hanging around 500 going into the new year. From January to April, they had the best record in the NBA. Got themselves a two-seed. Won in the playoffs, came within two wins of winning a championship. It's a long, long season. Teams will make deals at the deadline. Younger guys will improve. And ultimately, the best players will show themselves. We know how great Steph Curry is. We know how great John Moran is. And Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic. So, I'm just saying, Jaw is... I have no issue with Job having a, a strong opinion or or talk at his talk. He's a great player, top ten player in the, in the league, but he's talking as if he's a guy who has rings on his finger or a guy who has advanced in the playoffs numerous times. He's won one playoff series, okay. And even that second round series, a lot of people say, "Well, if he'd have been healthy for the Golden State series, they'd have won." Really? Lost game one with Jaw. Lost game three. By 40 with Jaw. As a matter of fact, the Grizzlies looked better in the last three games of the series when they did not have John Morant than the first three games of the series when they did have John Morant. Jaron Jackson was able to step into a bigger role. Desmond Bain was. The bench was great. Steven Adams was a, was a force inside against you know a little bit of an undersized Golden State team. Make no mistake about it. 
Remember when Jaron Jackson last year was talking about Golden State? He was talking about, you know, strength in numbers, you know. Klay Thompson, after game six against the Celtics, after popping some champagne, remembered that. The best athletes, the champions, they remember this stuff. Golden State will be back. Memphis will be a threat. Matter of fact, I think the Grizzlies are the Warriors' biggest threat. But, again, Jaws talking as if he has won consistently in the playoffs, has advanced in the playoffs, has a ring, heck, has a finals appearance. I'm just saying. Uh, we do, though, have a big game tonight. And, and listen, it is the holiday season. It is, it is the, the Christmas season, you know, whatever you celebrate. And there's, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we we all want for Christmas th- this holiday season, right? We, we all do. But what I wanted for Christmas, the NFL gave it. We've got four of the next five days have NFL games. For the next five days, have NFL games. We've got tonight's game between the Jets and the Jaguars. I'm going to predict in just a second. You've got the games on Saturday. The majority of Week 16 games will be played on Saturday, Christmas Eve. You've got a triple header on Christmas Day, and then you've got a game on Monday Night Football. Like it's 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 nothing but football for four out of the next five days. And by the way, uh, that's 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 a good thing because of the weather around the country right now. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So. Oh, let me get this pulled up. Trying to get the background music and everything set up uh, for my prediction for tonight's game. It's week 16. Jets, Jaguars. You got the number one overall pick from the 2021 draft. Taking on the number two overall pick from the 2021 draft. Is the New York Jets hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who in this game are favored minus two and a half. I'm sorry, the Jets are favored minus two and a half. So, Zach Wilson's going to start a second uh, second straight game for the New York Jets in a five-day span. Started on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Was okay. I mean, his stat line was solid, but made some really, really poor Zach Wilson-level decisions that helped Detroit get back in the game. You know, helping Detroit get set up in good field position. He misses. The thing about Zach Wilson that just drives you crazy. He makes some of the most spectacular throws you've ever seen. And then a play later, misses a simple crossing pattern. Miss, misses the easiest throw. A, a throw that most quarterbacks in the league can make in their sleep. And he can't make those. So, but the good news is, you're facing a Jaguars defense that has struggled at times in the past game. A defense that's going to be missing the number one overall pick in this past draft. Trayvon Walker, he's out. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, by the way, dealing with injuries on the other side for Jacksonville. But when I'm looking at this one, and by the way, this is a bigger game for the Jets than the Jaguars because Jags are looking at, in their division, they control their own destiny, but even if they lose tonight, they're not done because Ryan Tannehill's done for the season for the Tennessee Titans, and Malik Willis, much as I think he could still be a good quarterback in the league, has struggled in his rookie year, right? So you don't see the Titans winning a whole lot of games with Malik Willis. So for the Jags, this is a big game for them, right? And they see it as a situation where... They just beat Dallas, you know, big national TV audience, all that. Whereas the Jets, this is desperation mode. They absolutely have to win this game. By the way, look at the Jets' schedule moving forward. It's tough. Okay, they got the at the Seahawks next week, and then they got at Miami to finish the regular season. So last home game of the year for the Jets, and you face two playoff-level teams to close the year, both on the road. 
So this is a big, big game for the Jets. But the deciding factor is simply this. Mike White is out. Zach Wilson is in. As much as this Jaguars defense has struggled at times to get pressure on the quarterback, to do well against some of the top receiving cores in the league, and the Jets have a not a great one, but a good one. Garrett Wilson's good. He can get open, right? Guys like that. Jacksonville will make some plays because Zach Wilson will put them in position to make plays. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. And I guess it's an upset, right? Because Jets are favored minus two and a half. So yeah, give me the Jack- Jags in an upset. 23 to 21 over the New York Jets. They get to seven and eight. I will hold to what I was saying on Monday's show. Jaguars will get in the playoffs. You can bank it. Jets, as good of a start as they got to in the first two quarters. I'm sorry, first two thirds of the season. It's not going to have enough at the end. Injuries got them. As good as this defense is, it's not going to be enough against the likes of Trevor Lawrence and company for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags win 23-21. to And I'm hoping to bounce back from what was a kind of a tough week for me predicting games. What did I finish last week? 9-7. and seven. Not, not great. Uh, certainly want to improve on that mark. But uh, yeah, 9-7 and seven record this week. Week 16 in the NFL. Be sure to catch tomorrow's show. Well, actually, let me sign off. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live. Here's the promo. Tomorrow, different time though, at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter. Okay, it's not going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific time. I've got a, a Christmas party. So I'm going to do the show a little earlier, but I will react to tonight's game. Hoping to get a special guest on the show tomorrow. Hopefully we can make that happen. Looking forward to hopefully having this individual on the show. He's one of my favorites. And... Get to predict Week 16 NFL action. The games on Saturday and the games on Christmas Day on Sunday. So a little bit of a holiday-themed show in some ways uh, tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button and hit the notification bell. Get notified anytime uh, we go live, upload a video. Just uploaded one from the Cowboys-Jaguars game Monday. Be sure to check that out or any YouTube shorts. So be notified anytime that we put some new content onto the Carving It Up YouTube channel. And be sure to like, share, comment, and hit that big red subscribe button on the Grid Network, G-R-Y-D. That is the Grid Podcast Network. That is where I am at, along with some amazing creators, Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk, Barry Grant Jr., All Even Podcast, Patrick Brown of the Chaotic Sports Podcast, Alfred Parsar Jr. of the Rocket Fuel Jets podcast and the Dallas Cowboys Can Fan podcast. So subscribe to all those YouTube channels as well. But also you can find all of that on the Grid Network on YouTube. And that is also where you can listen to the podcast episodes of my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and as well as wherever you get your podcasts. The holidays are upon us. So is week 16 in the NFL. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing this game tonight. Hope everybody has a great week and a great evening. See y'all tomorrow afternoon. Again, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Or for some of you guys, I'll be saying good morning uh, if you're on the West Coast. Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. That is when Carving Up Live is going to air tomorrow. Have a great evening, everybody. Please continue to stay safe. Take care of your physical and mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. I just wanted Dak Prescott respect for Chris. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.